Yo, yo, yo! What's up, SM? How are y'all today? Y'all doing good? Yeah? Yeah? Excited for spring break? Yeah? A little day off of school, or a week off of school, huh? Yeah? Yeah. What's up, guys? My name is Corey Can. Uh, I am a pastoral assistant here at Faith Family Church. And I don't look like Jeffrey, right? I look, you know, sweller, you know, more Mexican than he is. You know, I look all cool. I'm not Jeffrey, right? Uh, thank God I'm not. No, I'm joking. Jeffrey's awesome. He's out, he's out in Mexico. I don't know if y'all know this, but our, our uh, church is putting on a missions trip. Um, they are in Mexico doing great things, you know, serving the Lord and doing some crazy, crazy things that God wants to do. And so we're excited. We're super blessed that we get to be able to do that stuff. And uh, I'm blessed that, am I talking too loud? I feel like I'm really, really, really loud. No? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but he's probably going to watch the live, so I want to do something real quick. Can we say, hi, Pastor G? And when I'm going to count to three, you're going to be like, hi, Pastor G. You know, y'all get it, right? Right? Can I do that? Thumbs up, thumbs up. All right, one, two, three. Hi, Pastor G. We love you. We miss you. And we're super, super thankful that you're our pastor and we miss you, man. Come home safely, all right? Praying you will. Anyways, uh, like I said, my name is Corey, guys. I am a pastoral assistant. But before, so, you know, since y'all know me, I'm gonna, I'm, before I jump my message, I am going to talk about a funny story that is uh, really, really crazy. And it was really sad. I, I might tear up. It's pretty, it's pretty tragic, okay? You got you to bear with me. Uh, so one time. I was uh, fishing in, uh, you know, out in the, in the water, in the sea, under the sea. Now I was on top of the sea. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fun, right? And so when you're fishing and you're out all, you know, all day, you're, the suns are hitting you, you're tired, you're, you know, I suck at fishing, so I'm out there for a while. I can't, I'm not really that good. And so when the sun's beaming on you and you're in the water, what do you want to do? You get hungry, right? Anybody else get hungry? You like to eat in here? Me too. So I pack a lunchbox. You know, this particular time I did, never did after this, but I packed a lunchbox, right? I had a sandwich in there, had some chips, you know, some Gushers, Gatorade, you know, you know the gist, right? And I'm sitting on the side of the boat, and I, you know, I bust out the sandwich. But this, I want to tell you about this lunchbox real quick, little rant. I, I like unique things. When, it, when everything's kind of weird, I love it. I'm, I'm attached to it. This lunchbox, I don't know where I got it. I don't know if my mom got it for me. I don't know where it came from, but... I was hated when, like, I opened my sandwich. You know, you keep your lunchbox in your bag, right, in your backpack at school, and you open up your sandwich, and it's, like, smashed, and it's, like, bink. You know, when you open it, it's, like, flat as paper, right? And you're, like, oh, this is so gross. I don't eat paper sandwich. Like, the bread's all mushed together with the meat. It's just gross, right? But this cool thing about this lunchbox is that it had these two little compartments that was, like, it was, like, a shell, like, a casing for a sandwich, right? How cool is that, no? Y'all make me seem weird, bro. Uh, but anyways, I thought this was the coolest thing ever. And so, anyways, I take out my sandwich, take out everything, and I put the lunchbox, like, right here, you know, just sitting on the side of the boat. I go sit down, put my feet in the water, start eating my sandwich. I'm like, ah, oh, super nice day. Just love being out here. And the next thing you know, here comes the wind. <laughs> Freaking blows my, my lunchbox 40 feet in the water. And I'm like, ah, oh, my lunchbox, you know. I'm all upset. My lunchbox is flying away from me, and I'm like, dude, oh. Dang, dude, that's my lunchbox. You know what? I'm like, you know what? Forget about it. I'm going to get in the water. I'm already wet. You know, I've been, been fishing all day. I'm in the water. So I'm like, I'm going to get in the water, and I'm going to go get this lunchbox, right? Because it's unique. It's my prize and joy. It's my, uh, I love it. And so I get in the water, start walking out. You know, we get about 20 yards. Now the wind's blowing really hard, so the, the waves are taking my lunchbox away, and it's just like, you know, 
cruising away from me. And I'm like, baby, come back. You know, this lunchbox. I really want this lunchbox. So I'm, I'm, out, I'm, I'm walking for a good five, ten minutes. And I get, I turn around. And I look. And I'm like 50 yards away from the boat. Like, I'm pretty far. And I'm already about this deep in water. Uh, no waders. So I'm, if you know what that is, I'm good. Wearing swimming shorts. But I'm about this deep. And I keep walking, and I'm nervous because I hate stingrays, and I hate sharks. There's a lot of stingrays where I was fishing, so I was really nervous about that. So I'm just walking for this lunchbox. I don't want it to get any farther. So I get about 10, 15 yards away from this lunchbox, right? I'm about this high already, right? Neck high. And then I hit a drop-off. So imagine me walking straight off the stage, right? Underneath the sea, I don't know what it does down there. It just drops off. So here I come. I fall in the water, you know, I'm already this high, and I go... <laughs> I suck in water, like, bad, and I'm, like, coughing, and I'm underneath the water, head over, you know, the water's head over my head, and I'm literally drowning, and for a split second, I thought, I'm really going to die chasing a lunchbox. <laughs> like, imagine my friends were like, what happened to him? You know, they're all sad, crying at my funeral, and they're like, he tried to chase a lunchbox, and he drowned, and he, like, how, do, how am I supposed to go out like that, bro? Come on now, you know? I was going to get bullied for drowning over a lunchbox. And I was like, nah, nah, I ain't gonna die. And so I came back up. There my lunchbox was. I was like Michael Phelps in it back to the boat. And so, yes, did I get my lunchbox? I did, I did. Was it what I expected? No, no, yeah. You can clap for getting my lunchbox. Yeah, yeah. I definitely got my lunchbox. Was it what I expected? No, no, it wasn't. Why? Because the water was deeper than I knew, right? The water was deeper than I knew. I didn't see it at the time, I didn't feel it. The water was deeper. So with that being said, please give me a round of applause because I worked really hard on this. The title of my message is called Deeper Than You Know. Fire, right? Fire, right? I know, I know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, but the, no, I'm, I'm serious about my uh, message being called Deeper Than You Know. Well, with that being said, we're going to dive into three things you can do um, that you need to do, actually, uh, in order to get closer to Jesus, in order to follow Jesus in a a more serious atmosphere in a more deeper way, you know, deeper than you know. And there's three things I'm going to talk about, and it's going to come from Luke 5 through 11. And so before we get into it, we're going to pray really quick. So if you could bow your heads, close your eyes. Dear Holy Father, Lord, I am thankful for today. I am thankful that I get to speak to these students, Lord. I pray that you open their ears, their hearts, and their eyes towards your message, Lord. I pray that they take it into their week and that they apply it. Father, I pray that they have safe travels and smart decisions over spring break, Lord. Put it in their heart of what you desire, Lord. In your name, your name we pray, amen. All right. So, first we're going to start with Luke 5, 3 through 5, okay? And there's, there's a slide up there. Y'all see it, right? Give me a thumbs up. Y'all see the slide? Cool. Y'all are going to read the underline, underline parts to me. Cool? Got me? All right. So, the story. Jesus gets into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked, he asked him to put out a from shore. Then he sat down, taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard. No, y'all didn't. Yeah. What? Oh, my bad. Wasn't I out there? Oh, I'm so sorry. We've worked hard all night. We haven't caught. But because say so, I will let down the nets, right? 
So after reading this, I'm thinking, man, how frustrating would it be for Simon to get off of work? Do any of y'all work in here? A little bit, yeah? Okay, imagine school, right? And I know school sucks. I've been there. I hate school. Some of y'all might love school, okay? But pretend you're in school. Pretend you're in school and you're sitting there after a long day of hard work, like star testing. You know, you tested. That makes your brain tired, right? Imagine you coming home and your mom's like, hey, I want you to go to a, a study hall or a tutoring session for two hours after school. Y'all go ahead, right? Imagine how you'd feel. You'd be like, what? Right? You'd be grumpy. Exactly. So think about, think about how Simon, think about how Simon was so, he, he was beat up all day from fishing. He was tired. He didn't catch anything, so he's probably grumpy. He didn't have a good day, right? Correct? So he's probably upset. And then I know precious Jesus comes by, and he's like, Simon, let me get in your boat, and let me preach, man. You know, and, and of course, Simon's going to be like, sure, right? So, you know, obviously, he's going to let Jesus on. He's going he's to let, you know, Jesus preach from the boat. But, in fact, Simon was comfortable, uh, uncomfortable, sorry. Simon was very uncomfortable because he even says, he says, Master, we've worked hard all night, and we haven't caught anything. Notice how when Jesus asked Simon, to push out a little bit, he did it no problem. No problem at all. But the second Jesus said, hey, go out deeper, Simon, there's something more, he was, Simon was like, ah, master, you know, we worked all night. I'm tired, God. I'm tired. I don't want to go out deeper. I don't know what goes out there. I just, wor- I just was there. You know, and sometimes that can look like I was saying, Jesus, I've tried giving you a month of my life. I've tried giving you a week. I've tried coming to you, and nothing happened. Why are you telling me to go out again when nothing happened to me, right? Right? Correct? So, that brings me to my first point. The sacrifice is deeper than you know. Okay? The sacrifice is deeper. Are we willing to sacrifice our ways for God? You know, that friend group, how you act at school, how you talk at school. Are you willing to give up this lifestyle that you live, that you carry on into your life? And a lot of times we ask ourselves, okay, how much do we have to give up? Can we give up a little bit? Can we give up our language? Can we give up our partying, you know, our what we do outside of school with a certain amount of friends? Or or is it, do we have to give up everything? Well, one point I will say, God doesn't go halfway for you. God's never went halfway for you. In fact, he, wants, he sacrificed his own son for you to be covered and, and cleansed and clean over and over again because he knew he was going to mess up, right? So why should we go halfway for God if he's not going to go halfway for us? Amen? Right. And some of y'all, you know, we're scared to give up something because it's change. We, when you, in order to give up something, to take apart something that you love, it's changing it, right? So when you change a tire, it's changing the tire out when you change a part, right? So why are we so scared to change? Because change is uncomfortable. Change, in fact, is really uncomfortable. When you go to a new school, you leave all your friends, you're very uncomfortable, right? Correct? And so when you're uncomfortable, you get scared. And when you're scared to let go of sin, it's not because, oh, you, my bad, you can hear me? I'm all dry and stuff. Thank you, thank you. Ooh, it's cold. Can I take a sip from this? Clap, clap, yeah. Ah. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, back to what we we're saying. Okay, lock in, lock in with me, lock in with me. I have a story that ties into sacrifice, and it happened to me really, really recent. And in fact, it was a very hard time in my life, and it wasn't too long ago. So if y'all know who I am, I, uh, I signed to go play baseball out of uh, high school, right? I'd say, oh, <laughs> y'all are clapping, y'all are clapping. All right. 
Uh, I signed to go play baseball at Texas A&M International. It was an awesome opportunity, and I worked very, very, very hard to get where I wanted to go. And <laughs> to be honest, you know, I was having a time in my life. I was playing baseball. I worked really hard to get to that moment. And to be there and to play ball like 24 hours, you know, it's, it's a dream as an athlete. Whoever wants to go play college baseball or college sports, it's awesome, right? So it was fun. And I'm not trying to steal a glory or anything, but my life started twisting up and spiraling out, not with me, but within my family. You know, we had some problems that we couldn't control. It was, you know, a sacrifice for me to understand what God was doing in my life, but my life was spiraling out, right? So I had to go to a junior college. I went to a university, and I had a lot of offers. It wasn't like I had, you know, nowhere to go until I got and called my coach that I was transferring, the school I was transferring to, and he said, hey, man, for some reason, your credits aren't transferring over. You are short of eligibility, so when you get here, you, you're not going to be able to play this year, and I'm like, dude, and I called the other school, same thing, called the other school, same thing. All four schools I called said that I could not transfer over because of my credits, and so I'm sitting here frustrated angry, upset, just like Simon was with Jesus. I was angry, man. I worked so hard. I'm asking God, why are you doing this to me? I worked so hard day in, day out just to make my dream, and I'm playing it right now, and it's just getting stripped away from me. So what's going on? I was upset. I was angry. But guess what? There's a cool side of the story. God's always working, right? Whenever I didn't see it, God saw it. So whenever I came home, not even a week later, I get a call from Pastor Gene. He's like, hey, man, I think God's working in your life. I think all this is happening for a reason. And we're going to open up a, a spot for you at Faith Family Church so you can get in ministry. You can open up your hands to God. And God's going to take you far, far away. And man, 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 it was just such an awesome blessing. But guess what? God's always working in our midst, right? Even when we don't see it. Even when God was calling me deeper, just like he was calling Simon, I didn't see it. I said, no, God, I worked so hard. Why would I leave this place? Guess what? Because I couldn't sacrifice halfway for God. I have to sacrifice what I want to do because guess what? God's plans are bigger, right? Amen? Amen. And so as the story goes on, Simon provided, or sorry, God provided Simon with an abundant amount of fish. He went down, actually listened to God, dropped his nets down, and he, uh, he caught a lot of fish, right? So, going more into the story, in Luke 5, 8, he goes on and says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. And he said, from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Take a, take a sip. <laughs> I got to stop clapping, man. No, no, don't clap. I'm sorry. I mean, do clap. Don't stop clapping. Sorry. No, 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 no. Not yet. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, Simon felt as if he wasn't worthy. And, and because he, he even says right here that, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And we've all been there. We felt like God couldn't use us because we, you know, had a lot of sin. And we had so much in our life that we feel like God couldn't cover up, right? Well, I've been there. And so that brings me to my second point. Your sin is deeper than you know. Okay? Simon felt as if he wasn't worthy. Now, if you read on Simon... He wasn't the best guy. He wasn't the really worst guy. I mean, he was a fisherman, right? But Simon was a sinful man, just like we all are. And the cool thing about your sins is they don't justify who you are. It's not a label on who you are. We live in a world nowadays in junior high and high school where we get labeled of what we do, right? We have to rely on someone's approval. We have to do some stuff to be cool. 
We have to do some things, you know, that we don't want to do that is a sin in our life that justifies what we do. And it puts a label on us. And sometimes we do need a people's approval. And that's not okay. That's not how Jesus sees you. And so Jesus knows you have gifts in your life, right? Everybody has a gift in this life, no matter where you are. I'm looking at all of y'all. Y'all can do anything y'all want to do as long as you trust and sacrifice your old ways to Jesus, right? But now you're talking about your sin. And there's a new you, and there, there's an old you, and there's a new you. I, trust me, if you're sitting there dwelling that your sin's labeling you and that your sin has a hold of you, and if you're sitting there just putting your head down, trust me, the old you is not even comparable to the new you and what God has to do in your life after, right? Amen? But what if your sin's too much to give up? Do we really want to give up our sin? Do we really want to give up, like I said, hanging out with our friends group, doing our worldly actions, trying to be the stereotype that everybody, you know, the world says, oh, it's okay, they give you an approval. Do we really want to give that up? Does God want you to have that stuff in your life? No. He doesn't, right? That ties me back into the sacrifice. You see how these things are tying together? The sin, the sacrifice, sacrificing your sin. You understand? You are getting it? And so God, let me tell you something that you think or y'all believe that your sin's too much. Your sin labels you. Your sin, you know, I've already said that. What if I told you God didn't see that in you? Right? Just like he saw Simon. And as the story goes on, you'll understand. But Simon says, hey, I, Lord, I'm a sinful man. But guess what Jesus said? God was like, no, you're not. I see you as Simon, my son. I created you, right? Right? Sometimes we feel so sinful. Sometimes we feel like we aren't good enough. But when God sees us as unworthy, he, says, he sees us as worthy. When he sees us, when we think we're unloved, he says, man, I love you more than you even know. When he says, hey, when you say I've... I've messed up, God. I'm tired of messing up. God says, guess what? I died for you, for you to be okay, for you to be clean over and over again because that's how much I love you. <laughs> Amen, right? He's proven multiple, multiple, multiple times in the Bible that he is a redeemer. He is kind. He is loving. And guess what? He wants to share it with you right where you are. In your sin, in your impurity, in your, you know, deceitful heart, you think that you're not worthy, guess what? God says you are. And so if we really, really want to see what God has for us, we have to give up our sin because our sin's deeper than we know. Amen. And so after, after reading that part of the story, we go back and look into more of the story, Luke 5, 10 through 11. Wait till the slide comes up. There it goes. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be... From now on, you will fish for So they pulled their boats up on shore, everything, and followed him. Water break. Ah, man, water's a different animal. Um, what do you mean, what, Josh? Water is a different animal. It's cold. When it's hot, it's like, ugh. when it's cold, it's like, mm. it's amazing. All right, lock back in, lock back in. So, Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid, for now and you'll fish for people. So what is he basically saying, fish for people? And I want to give you a little context, right? Fishing for people, you fish for fish, right? You throw your line out, you catch some fish. Well, what is it to fish for people? Do you all know what that means? Yes, no, maybe so? It's, it's, it's like a pastor, like pretend I'm fishing for y'all guys, you know, I'm teaching y'all God's word, but I'm catching y'all and I'm bringing y'all into the kingdom. Does that make sense? Right? Just, just simple. So, he tells Simon, 
I don't care what your past says, man. You're going to fish for people. And is, is, that, if, is that like something that a lot of people say like, hey, I'm going to use Nick for example. I'm going to be like, Nick, slept in like five times. Pretend I'm his boss, right? Jesus is straight up going to Simon and says, Nick, I know your life's hard. I know you slept in. I don't care. I can see past that. I still want to use you, right? So God uses Simon. Jesus uses Simon. And Simon goes on and you know, he leaves everything and follows Jesus. He dropped everything right right where it was and went, oh, I'm going. Why? Why did he drop everything? Because guess what? Brings me to my third point. The satisfaction is deeper than we know. Whenever you drop things for God and run towards Jesus because you really understand who he is, the satisfaction's worth it. A lot of people nowadays think that living for God isn't a cool thing, living for God isn't a fun thing. But what if I told you that was the biggest lie that I've ever heard in my life? Can y'all agree? Yeah? Because living for God doesn't just only give you a wholeness. It doesn't only give you satisfaction. It doesn't only give you peace. But guess what? It fulfills you because you are whole in his eyes. You are whole in Jesus' eyes. You know that little thing that we chase? We kind of chase, it's, we chase sin. But we try to put sin to fill in that little pocket in our heart, Right? We chase it. We chase it over and over again. You know, partying didn't do it. You know, gossiping didn't do it. Being with bad friends didn't do it. That boy or girl didn't do it. So what, are, what is it going to do? Because I'm tired of fighting, right? I'm tired of fighting. What if I told you that God gives you that satisfaction, man? And I'm one to, I'm one to say it. How many people in here have lived a life that, okay, for people that in here that think Jesus isn't cool, for people that think that living for God is not fun because you can't do anything fun, let me tell you, that's a lie. So if you lived, if you have lived both lives, you lived a sinful life, and then you met Jesus, and you met who he was, and you live a, a good life now in Jesus, how many of y'all can say, man, living for Jesus is way better than I've ever felt before? And look at that. Look at that. And it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's proof. Use me, for example. I was playing baseball. I was living a life that a lot of people in this world say, Man, this is like, this is everything that every people want. But guess what? I am so satisfied. I'm fulfilled. I am happy. I'm whole because guess what? I'm doing what God wants me to do, and it satisfies me. Right? So how can we apply that in your life? The thing is, when we go to school, we live either two ways. We live on the fence or we live fully in God, right? And there's two things that happens when you live on the fence, and there's two things that happen when you live for God, one of them is you're going to go halfway with God when you live on the fence, right? Because when you're on the fence, you're halfway. You're never going to be satisfied. You might be saying, Corey, why should, I why should I sacrifice everything and live for God and be, you know, everything all about him when I don't even know if it's true? Well, you just saw a hand example. And two, the satisfaction knowing that someone loved you so much, they sent their only son for you you know, to be redeemed over and over again. God turned his back on his son. Let me listen to this. God turned his back on his son one time so he wouldn't turn it on us again. How precious is that? How, how much do we have to think and process, man, if someone loves me so much they want to send their son to die for me, I deserve that? You don't deserve it. You don't. But guess what? He gives you the satisfaction he gives you everything your heart desires. He gives you love. He gives you kindness. And he wants to pursue everything that in your heart that you want to do. It's simple, man. you got to think clearly. Your sin is running out. Your time's running out. 
You can't be, oh, I'm going to be a bad girl, a bad boy the rest of my life. I'm gonna, I think it's funny to do what I do. Man, take it from example, bro. I've lived both lives. I've lived a sinful life. I was a sinful man at one point, and I thought I was cool, right? Got humbled really quick, man. And guess what? I'm up here talking to you today because it's important to me. It's important to you. And I know it's important to everybody around you, everybody in this church, that the satisfaction you get from chasing Jesus is cool. It's the best thing that you ever, you'll ever, ever see. It's the best thing you ever feel, and it's the best thing to know that, guess what? Jesus died for me in order to love you multiple, multiple, multiple times, right? Amen. You are joyful because you're whole. And guess what, guys? I'm, give, I'm asking you one thing. If you don't know who Jesus is, please give him two months of your full 100% and see what happens. Wait till you meet Jesus. Just wait. Just wait till you really understand his ins and outs. Just wait till you see what he's doing in your life. If you give him the chance, I promise you, it is cool. It is fun. And it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life, hands down, right? Amen. Amen. So, trust me when I say this, there's nothing cooler than being a Christian, okay? So to wrap this up, there's three things. And if you, did, if you were asleep the whole service, if you did not understand anything I just said, there, there's three W's. Three W's I want you to understand. And here's a slide, right? It's deeper than we know. If we are willing to sacrifice our ways, work on our sin, it's worth all we have to lay down to follow Jesus. Let me say it again. If you are willing to sacrifice, that means not going halfway for God, but going all the way, running full, spit, full speed. Pretend there's a pool. You're not putting your, your toes in the water for God. You're jumping in, right? That's what sacrificing what we do for God. That's what it looks like going all the way. And to work on our sins. Reason I say work, not get rid of, because your sin's always going to be there in your life. There was only one perfect man in this world, guys, and his name was Jesus. We are not God. We are not Jesus. But guess what? He died because God knew we were going to mess up multiple, multiple times. If you work on staying on top of your sin, you try to watch your mouth. You change who you hang out with. You try to run from temptation. You get in God's word. You try everything to keep your temptation out. Now, we are going to fall short. I still fall short to this day. But as long as you work to stay on top of it, God's proud of you, man. Because if you work to stay on top of it, you're eventually going to get on top of your sins. Amen? And finally... It's worth it. It's worth it all. It's worth every single bit of it. I know a lot of people in here, you know, y'all come from hard backgrounds and no one understands it, man. My heart goes out to you. Victoria is a hard place, you know. And I wish people could understand y'all's stories. And I know a lot of kids in here don't understand how hard it is they have it at home, right. And a lot of people have it different than you. But, man, I'm telling you, that pain is temporary. <laughs> that healing is a long process. But guess what? It starts by finding Jesus. It starts by figuring out how your worth is and how worth it, it, it's, it is to follow Jesus. And I know you have it hard. I know a lot of y'all have it hard. It's hard being young these days. There's so much influence going around. There's so much things to tie into. But guess what? It's worth it, man. Change something. You're running from something. You're fighting from something. Y'all are being different because of something. And it's because you're trying to find something that's fulfilling. But what's worth it, what's giving you that satisfaction that you need is Jesus, man. It's Jesus. Look at me for an example. I'm telling you, I've been on both sides of the fence, and trust me, I'm really apparently in this one because this one gave me that satisfaction from the day I started. Amen? So with that being said, I'm going to pray for you all really quick, and if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, I have two questions for you. 
one of the questions is, hey, man, Corey, uh, man, I, I put God on the back burner, and I'm tired of fighting. I have trouble at home. I, I have trouble in school. My heart is not, you know, it's not comfortable. I don't get that satisfaction that you're talking about. I've tried other things, and I put God on the back burner. But, man, I really want to try hard for God. I've gave my life to him before, but I really want to come back to him. If that's you today, on the count of three with everybody's head bowed, everybody's eyes closed, on the count of three, raise your hand. In three, two, one. Amen. Amen. Awesome. 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 Now the second question with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, you say, man, Corey, I've lived a hard life. My, you know, my situations aren't getting better, and I've never really tried God before. I never really gave my heart to him. I've, I want to try something different, you know, and, and life is, is way too hard. I'm, I'm running out of options. I'm fighting for my own life. If that's you and you say, hey, I want to give God a chance for the first time, I really want to see what, he, what he's benefiting. If that's you on the count of three and you want to give your life to Christ for the very first time, would you raise your hand in three, two, one? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Man, God's throwing a party right now. He is so proud of you, so proud of you. So let's play real quick. Dearly Father, Lord, thank you for this awesome, awesome day. I am thankful for these students, Lord. And your word, God, just flowed right through their hearts, Lord. I pray that they apply these words into their week, into their lives, into their atmosphere at home, God. And God... I don't know what's going on around their life. I don't know what's going on in their school, but I pray a hedge of protection over them, Lord. I pray for guidance. I pray for wisdom. And I pray for peace in these kids' heart, Lord. We're thankful and we love you. And in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. And I hope y'all have an awesome night.